Hello and welcome to another episode of the Al Qasimi Foundation podcast, a monthly podcast about research, education, and arts in the UAE. My name is Luis Carlos Soto, and on this episode, I am joined by Dr. Sijo Vasapili, one of our research grant recipients, to talk about his publications in antibiotic resistance. Welcome, Sijo. Thank you. So in your paper, a study on antibiotic usage and resistance in Ras al Khaimah, and your blog, Antibiotic Resistance, A Battle to Survive, you talk about this concerning phenomenon that has been um, increasingly becoming a threat not only in Ras al Khaimah and the UAE, but, uh, but also worldwide. So first things first, uh, what is antibiotic resistance? Well, uh, antibiotic resistance is the resistance developed by the bacteria against antibiotics. So it's basically um, we are uh, the, the bacteria, in fact, are no longer um, you know active against the antibiotics that we provide. So they tend to grow more in your body despite you take antibiotics. So, so it's, a, it's a worldwide issue and um, uh, consistent with worldwide data, it's escalating in GCC nations as well as in UAE. All right, and in the blog you mentioned that uh, inappropriate usage of antibiotics is one of the main causes of antibiotic resistance or AR, as well as misdiagnosis. Uh, why does this happen? Can you tell us more about that? So currently, like um, um, in our research, we found that more than um, 50 percentage of participants were unaware about how to handle or how to use antibiotics properly. Now, this leads to the issue of antibiotic resistance because people are unaware about, let's say, um, diagnosis. Proper diagnosis should be there in order to identify which bacterial infection is having uh, other than just going with the random antibiotics, which they can easily get it from their home countries, for example, or um, they can get it through some, some of the pharmacies, which is the case which we found in our studies from UAE. At least few, very less, even though it is very less, some percentage of pharmacies tend to sell antibiotics without proper prescription. So proper um, diagnosis is must to identify the bacterial strain mm -hmm. and accordingly the physicians can describe the type of antibiotics for that. Without knowing this, if you take antibiotics by yourself, which is the case in UAE as well as in other parts of the world, it can lead to growth of antibiotic resistant strains. Right, yeah. Does that depend on the type of antibiotic people take or can it happen with any sort of antibiotic? Um, so commonly, like um, um, as I said before, there is a different types of bacteria. Mm -hmm. So first, it's very important to see which bacterial infection he or she has got. Then go for right. the diagnosis with the proper antibiotics because it's not like one antibiotics will work against all the bacterial strains. So mm -hmm. it's very important to get the physician advice and to figure out which which microbial content or which antibacterial, which bacteria that causes infection rather than um, you know choosing the antibiotics uh, with their own knowledge. That's not the proper way to um, you know go for the treatment if you are suffering yeah. from bacterial infection. Yeah, of course. And you mentioned that people bring antibiotics from their home countries as well? Yeah, this is possible. Yeah. Like, um, uh, if, if you go to some of the countries, it's possible that you can get antibiotics without prescription. 
or without prescription. Yeah, and, and look at the tourist like, and there is no restriction here to bring antibiotics in my knowledge at least. Mm -hmm. So you can you can bring antibiotics with you, uh, uh, thinking that you may get flu because this is one of the countries where you will have the common flu now and everything. So people tend to bring antibiotics, thinking that they could get healed with the kind of bacterial infection they would have. Right. But in turn, what does it happen? And, and UAE is one of the destinations for many of the tourists. So let's say they are affected or infected with some of the, some of the bacterial strain, and they are here in this country, and they don't know like particular antibiotics is only meant for a particular bacterial strain. Mm -hmm. So if they couldn't get it right, then they are going around or they are going among the people and they can easily spread their bacterial infection to any others. It's as same as how COVID spreads. It can spread right. from one person to other person. So mm -hmm. if you cannot get your bacteria away from your body, and if you are into the population or into the public, you can easily transmit your bacterial strain, which could be a resistant strain into others in the community. So yes, it's, uh, it's that, uh, in my knowledge at least, from few countries you can get antibiotics. Um, and um, and you can easily take it without uh, going and meeting a physician, which is not the case, which, which is not advisable at all. Yeah, of course, because people buy it as a precaution then, but they don't know which one is the one that is right. actually going to um, work. So right? when you go to the doctor, the first thing they do is to diagnose and see which bacterial strain it is. Then they prescribe the antibiotics, which should work against that particular strain. And if you don't diagnose it, and if you just take any antibiotics, mm. it may not help you at all. So instead of, uh, you know, you waste your money, you waste your time, and there's a possibility that by time, with impro improper treatments or improper antibiotics usage, your uh, bacterial strain will get resistant to any kind of treatment further in the future. Right. So in that way itself, it will be like very difficult later on to handle your situation, and you are also tend to spread this into others. So it's very important. Um, it's the same as, uh, I would say, as viral infection. These days, uh, many are behind, um, you know, COVID-19 and, you know, trying to fi figure out the vaccines and the proper drugs for that. At the same time, antibacterial resistance or antibacterial issue was there from the beginning, and uh, we need to spend more a lot of research to figure out New antibiotics, it's yeah. very important to figure out new antibiotics that may work better against a different bacterial strain. Yeah, so you'll need to develop new antibiotics as, they, as the bacterial strains become stronger and immune. Yeah, right, so they There's may change for... their genome. Bacterial strain can have mutations as well, so they may strain their characteristics. So accordingly, uh, we need to develop and we need to look for new antibiotics. It's also very important to counterattack right. their effect. Otherwise, it's like same as uh, same as virus. Now we have different strains of COVID-19, mm -hmm. so uh, and we are trying to you know fine-tune our vaccine. So similarly, we need to figure out um, uh, and we need to develop new antibiotics, which can actually fight against different bacterial strains. Okay. Uh, in your research, did you find any particular uh, timeline or correlation, as in like how often is there a need to develop new antibiotics? Uh, it depends upon, of course, the kind of infection that a person may have. So in our research in UAE, most uh, infected bacterial strain is for 
um, urinary infections. So urinary infections are common and the most dispensed antibiotics from the pharmacy is amoxicillin. Amoxicillin. So amoxicillin is one of the uh, um, largest dispensing uh, antibiotics from the pharmacies. And uh, yeah, for urinary infections is one of the most common infection found in uh, um, GCC nations. Uh, as well as in our research, as well as which is conducted in Russell Kaima. So we had 306 participants, and out of 306, 50 percentage, I don't remember the numbers, <laughs> but then Sorry. the highest um, uh, infected one or the group of population is with um, urinary infections. So speaking of uh, the UAE and Russell Kaima specifically, your paper mentions that the trends in antibiotic usage suggest that there are gaps in knowledge among the population. Could you tell us more about this? Yeah, so the main findings of our research is that there are at least 48 to 49 percentage of people who have self-medicated at least once in their lifetime when they had a bacterial infection. And there is a healthy amount of population who got a false belief that antibiotics may work against viral infection. Yeah. So first thing, you have to figure out whether it is a viral infection or a bacterial infection. If it is a viral infection, antibiotics will not work at all. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, that's where we have vaccines. Second thing, if it is a bacterial infection, you need to know which bacterial strain is responsible. This can be done only after the diagnosis by a proper physician then the physician will advise you to go for the particular type of antibiotics that may be working well against that particular strain of bacteria. So as I said, 49, close to 49 percentage of our participants in our study has uh, practiced self-medication at least once in their lifetime, which is a bit concerned. Why? Because as I said before, that can lead to different issues in the community. Easily they can spread the resistant bacterial strain into others. Right. So to prevent that uh, in future, uh, we need to educate the students from their schools. Now it should all start from their early childhood. So we should make them aware about how to use antibiotics, when to use antibiotics, um, for example, if doctor prescribe antibiotics for seven days, it's very important for you to take antibiotics for whole course of seven days. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe even after like three or four days, you will feel uh, relieved from your infection. But it's very important to, f you know, finish your quota of seven days of using antibiotics. Otherwise, it can lead to resistance against the bacterial strain. So what happens in future? In future, when you get infection with the same bacteria. Which, which likely can happen. So if you get infection with the same bacteria in future, you, since you have stopped your medication in the previous case in the middle, the bacterial strain will get used to the antibiotics and they will start, uh, they will fail to respond against the antibiotics in future. So it's not feasible to look for antibiotics uh, against the same bacteria, like we cannot make many antibiotics. So it's very important for that to complete the course and then make sure that you are safe as well as your community is safe. So if the treatment is not completed uh, for the length it should have been, bacteria essentially gets stronger? 
Yes, so they de develop resistance. Their genome is such that they can modify their genome and they can be resistant against the antibiotics. So they get more resistance and they, they can, and it's very difficult later on to, you know, to tackle them, to, to, to counterattack yeah. them. So it's, it's always good to finish your prescription, like the length of your medication, and then you are safe. Uh, and these antibiotics left over, we would say, mm -hmm. if there is left over and should not be advisable for others to use it. For example, if doctor, doctor prescribed you for seven days, if there are two in the family suffering from the same infections, let's say one had taken it for four days and, and, and so that it is working well for him. And the, and, and the next person started taking it for three days. So that kind of things yeah. is not advisable uh, in terms of uh, this kind of treatment with antibiotics. So you have, one has to go for complete uh, duration, which physician has advised to take antibiotics. Yeah, that makes sense. I've also seen people, you know, that they get from the pharmacy like a certain amount of uh, pills. And maybe the treatment was less and then the leftovers, they just like, take them as well. Take it back? No, like they, as in, for example, the treatment was seven mm -hmm. days and they got pills for 10 days and they mm -hmm. just take the 10. Yeah, th this is also very important. So we also survived 20 um, major pharmacies in Iraq alone to see their knowledge of dispensing antibiotics. So currently there is a procedure in place, there is a policy in place uh, which tells clearly that when to dispense antibiotics to the public. It's basically based on the physician's uh, recommendation and, uh, and physician's prescription. So without the prescription, pharmacists are not allowed to dispense antibiotics from the pharmacy. This is the first thing. Mm -hmm. Second thing, the physician would have clearly mentioned it, this is for five days or seven days. And as a pharmacist, you are not allowed to you know, dispense more than what a physician prescribed in the prescription. And also, like, um, uh, there is a trend that certain pharmacies may help those companies to get their product sold, you know, more often than oh, others. Right. So if, if they say amoxifilin, you have different companies producing the same thing, or you may have similar drugs or similar antibiotics. And again, for the pharmacist, it's very important to sell what physician has prescribed, not based on his knowledge like pharmacist knowledge. Yeah, so whatever the prescription says, they should follow <coughs> it Follow exactly. it uh, strictly, and we have policies. I believe in UAE we have strict policies for that. Uh, only we have to, uh, you have to uh, you know, dispense the antibiotics based on doctor's recommendation. And for that particular amount and that particular period of time. Now that you mentioned uh, self-medication, like I myself have seen people, you know, like medicating themselves I'm guilty of that as well once, not with antibiotics, luckily. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but why do you think that happens? Like, why do people sometimes trust their gut more than, you know, like a doctor's yeah. opinion or prescription? Um, there are multiple reasons for this. First thing, uh, in our study, we found that majority of population in Russell Kaima alone uh, is having uh, health insurance or health insurance backup. Mm -hmm. Uh, around 84, if I believe. Um, despite of that, time is one factor to save time. It's like to going to meet a physician will take a healthy amount of time. So to save time, they can directly go to the place. Let's say if there's a pharmacy who is selling antibiotics without prescription, 
one would prefer to go to the pharmacy straight rather than going and meeting the physician first. Mm -hmm. So time is one of the thing. Second, there are at least few percentage of people who don't have health insurance. So to save money, they will directly go to the pharmacy and get the antibiotics without prescription. Um, so these are certain uh, factors uh, which which help the you know the customers to go get the um, antibiotics directly from the pharmacies. Um, so to um, to add to that, like uh, people are uh, basically their awareness. So if they are not aware about the importance of antibiotics, this is how it works. If they are not aware it completely, then they tend to go by this this way. Uh, or this, the rules, let's say if the pharmacist strictly follows of dispensing the antibiotics only under physician's prescription. If there is a strict rule, in the, I mean, obviously there is a rule, but uh, most of the pharmacies follow that, but at least there are few percentage of, minority percent of pharmacies, um, you know, who can uh, give the antibiotics without prescriptions. So the easiness for the for the population or the community to get the antibiotics is another reason for that. And as I said, like in the beginning, um, people who are coming here as tourists, they can bring antibiotics. So it's the, right. it's, it may, the cost may vary from one country to different countries. So if they get it cheaper in some other country, they can bring it alongside with themselves. Let's say if it is common cold, you don't never know common cold is because of bacterial infection or viral infection. Most of the times it is because of the viral infection where antibiotics will be ineffective. Mm -hmm. But uh, certain people may tend to get the antibiotics from their country because they are much more cheaper and you don't, require, uh, you don't have to meet doctor to get the antibiotics. You can directly buy it from the pharmacies. So they can bring it as a bulk and I believe that there is no restrictions um, for a person to get the antibiotics inside the country. So oh. they tend to, uh, it's not like marketing completely, right. but at least when they carry <laughs> antibiotics with them, they can uh, have enough amount of antibiotics um, so that um, you know they can use it in future in, in, when they are inside the UAE. Uh, sometimes the, the people, um, the, the customers will insist to the pharmacies that they need these antibiotics, these particular antibiotics. Mm. So let's say they have seen doctor before and they have used the antibiotics and they get rid of their bacterial infection at that time. Now when they come, when they had similar infections in future, they are pretty much sure that this is the right antibiotics which they bought before could work against their current infection. So they insist the pharmacies to give or provide them the same antibiotics which they have used before. So again, yes, as a pharmacist you are under pressure, but then this is the point where we need to, you know, strengthen our roles. And um, we would also like to, uh, you know, suggest that pharmacies currently here, we don't have a record of keeping the prescriptions against which they have dispensed the antibiotics. Yes, they will see and then they will dispense antibiotics, but it would be great if they keep it as a recorded against the antibiotics they have dispensed, so that at least annually we can have check the antibiotics dispensed from the pharmacy against the prescription they have received to make sure that they are not just selling the antibiotics without prescription, which mm -hmm. could be a good way to combat current antibiotic resistance issues all over the world. Yeah, of course. And besides the rules you mentioned, is there any sort of uh, 
you know, training or any sort of education that the pharmacist needs to go through in order to, you know, yes, like uh, know and be aware? Uh, I would like to say that it all should start from the beginning, from the grassroots. That's the reason why I emphasize it should start from the school. Um, let's say high school, it should start and there should be campaigns starting from the school, talking about the importance of antibiotics, how does it work when somebody has to go and meet physician, when they have some kind of infection, what they feel and uh, how long they should take antibiotics, in what doses they should take antibiotics. All this awareness should start from the school level. Then once it is done, um, you have a healthy community which already has some information about the antibiotics. That's not enough. And periodically, there should be campaigns in education institutes, in public places, in malls, um, um, like we have it nowadays for cancer. We, we can see right. uh, campaigns for cancer uh, here and there, especially in malls and in public places. So similar kind of awareness program should be there in the, inside the community, in the public places, uh, in corporate offices and in schools as well, uh, obviously in universities. So this um, collective effort will improve the public awareness regarding how to uh, you know, decrease the misuse of antibiotics. That will help periodically over the time to get rid of this issue. Because otherwise, um, um, as per uh, the current scenario, we are expecting around 10 million deaths by around 2050. If we don't, if we just leave, uh, you know, the, the current situation like that, without focusing to develop new antibiotic against different bacterial strains. So uh, we are going to face a huge issue. This issue was there before. The most important way that we can tackle this issue is to increase public awareness, which can be done at the grassroots level. No, definitely. That would be nice to see like a whole communal kind of awareness about this issue, but also internationally, you know, because all of the people flying in with different antibiotics, you know, I've seen a lot of that actually now with COVID, that people take antibiotics with them kind of like as a precaution. Yeah. But from what you mentioned, I'm not sure if that's even efficient depending on yeah, COVID even, variants. Even you know? I had um, somebody in my family who was taking antibiotics when they had COVID infection. Well, when you had a COVID infection, it's clear that it's a viral infection. Mm -hmm. Now, some of the physicians might or may ask you to take antibiotics. Why? It is because to avoid or if you are infected as the side effects of COVID-19, if your lungs are infected with bacterial strain, in that case, you, yes, you have to take antibiotics along with your, uh, you know, along if you are a COVID-19 infected person. But normally for a, for a viral infection, and this is one of the important things that we found to figure out in our study, uh, around 27% yeah, of people are unaware about the fact that antibiotics are ineffective against viral infection. To add that, there are almost 17 percentage who, who didn't choose when we ask about, are you aware about whether antibiotics can um, you know, heal your viral infection? They didn't choose they, to, left out, to leave out that option. Mm -hmm. So let's say 17 plus 26, which is around uh, more than 40 percentage of the population, don't have proper knowledge to say that antibiotics will work effectively against bacteria but not against virus. Yeah, we definitely need some 
uh, awareness campaigns on that regard. Uh, but besides these sort of uh, campaigns you're proposing, uh, what else would you suggest, or in your opinion, what's the best way to, you know, to regulate the amounts on, and types of antibiotics being used in the UAE? So we, uh, despite of uh, health sector, we use antibiotics in animal husbandry. Uh, we use antibiotics in agriculture sector. Um, so these are the areas also should be monitored. Mm -hmm. So when they use uh, antibiotics, we know that certain proteins uh, can be made or raised in animals. If humans are incapable of producing certain proteins, by recombinant DNA technology, we can uh, raise the proteins or antibodies in animals. To do that, they may give certain antibiotics uh, to, not to, to make sure that they are sterile. They are not contaminated with different bacteria. Mm -hmm. So this is one sector where antibiotics has been widely used. Second, as I said, in agriculture sector, uh, you have a usage, a heavy usage of antibiotics. Some people may use, misuse the antibiotics in this sector by giving more doses for the animals or for the, for the agriculture sector. So this should be strictly monifer, monitored. So it's from different sector. Uh, so we have uh, listed that in our article, which sector we are commonly using uh, or providing antibiotics. So we have to monitor this sector as well, apart from the campaigns that I just mentioned. Campaign yeah. should be there, role should be stricter, and, and each and every one should be aware about the fact that you are contributing to a better society in future by properly using antibiotics or properly dealing with antibiotics. So we don't have much antibiotics as we have for any other medications or any other drugs. Antibiotics are very limited. This is one of the things. Mm -hmm. So it's very critical to use antibiotics wisely. Otherwise, if you have a resistant strain, bacterial strain, um, it's very difficult to, you know, to combat. And also we use antibiotics in, um, you know, in, in medical surgeries. Uh, for example, we go for surgery, we go for organ transplantation, the, uh, especially in uh, low immunocompromised people, where people who are having low immune system, they give antibiotics to avoid the side effects. So antibiotics has, has been widely used, but it's if you wisely used, we all can survive for a long time. You mentioned the antibiotics in the agriculture and husbandry sector. Uh, I was really surprised by that. And how, how does that work? Is it like the people working in the sector is just being exposed to these antibiotics, developing some sort of antibiotic resistance? Is that how it works? Um, so one way is that, as I said, like you are nowadays, you are uh, generating recombinant vaccines, proteins, and even. Um, some of the enzymes through animals. Mm -hmm. um, so let's say humans are suffering from some diseases. Why? Because they are not able to generate the proteins that are required to um, you know, boost their immune system. If that is the case, they can easily get, for example, look at the insulin. Right. right. Insulin can be produced in animals. Now, um, patients who are suffering from diabetes can take this insulin which has been generated or produced in animals. So in that case, they use antibiotics and they have to immunocompromise the mice, for example, to generate some of the, some of the antibiotics, some of, sorry, some of the antibodies. So antibodies are also being generated inside uh, animals. And if one has to receive the antibody, you can directly get it from the animals. To get the antibodies from the animals, you have to immunocompromise the animals first 
um, for that you may use antibiotics to prevent further bacterial infections. And the people who are working with these animals and generating these antibodies uh, should be very careful because it can be easily infected. It can be easily transferred from the animals to the people who are in, uh, working with them. And even people who are working in the agriculture sector, when they use antibiotics, uh, and you can, you, can, you can use antibiotics to prevent the pests, or, or uh, you can use antibiotics to uh, have proper yield for the plant, but at the same time, um, you make sure that you are not taking bacterial strain when they work with these and then transmitting into the community. Yeah, so for the people working in these sectors, is there any particular thing they should be aware of or any recommendation for them to follow? I'm sure that there, should, there, there is always best practices which are in place when you deal with the antibiotics in such situations. So one has to follow the procedure uh, to keep their health and safety of others with priority. So I'm sure that there's a procedure for each and every sector which they should follow. Right. Once they follow that, yes, antibiotics is it's not only for our health, it's for different sectors and it will be working well so that everyone could benefit out of that. Right, yeah. Now moving on to another topic that was mentioned in, in your blog. You mentioned that there's a lack of proper infection control policies and global surveillance and insufficient initiatives for new antibiotic agents. So like in a global perspective, how could this be more controlled? It's not the issue of UAE or JCC nations alone. All over the world, uh, authorities are struggling with uh, new bacterial resistant strain. And this is because, as I said, because of uh, improper use of antibiotics. And now, um, if you don't get it diagnosed, um, for getting it diagnosed, you need to have good laboratories. And you need to have skilled people to diagnose the particular bacterial strain. And as I said before, antibiotics will not, the one antibiotics will not work against all the bacterial strain. So it's very important to figure out which bacterial strain the one is infected with. For that, you need to spend amount on the laboratories. You need to have skilled person. You need to have more research to, to develop new antibiotics. So if you don't have this collective effort all over the world, this problem, even though you, even though you are actually encouraging the community by giving proper awareness campaigns all over the world, it still not go away from our uh, population. So. One side, awareness program should go on all over the world. On the second side, uh, government or authorities should spend more uh, uh, money for the research to get trained people to, to have proper diagnostic um, places, for example, laboratories, to have uh, you know, physicians and pharmacists. Um, all has to come together into this yeah. scenario uh, to save this world from antibiotic resistance. Is there any sort of committee or any sort of organization overseeing this at the moment? Yes, I think WHO monitor everything. Um, the, the estimate I told before is from the report. And um, in each uh, country, you will have antibacterial resistant communities or committees where they monitor the situation in that, com in that particular country and they can develop and they are the one who initiate the campaigns all over the country um, from the school levels to the to the public sectors and uh, 
uh, and you have, um, and they're the one who makes rules uh, tuned to fit to their country. Um, so there is a global monitoring as well as individual country level monitoring for the situation. All right, good. Because yeah, I guess each country will have different bacterial Tactics, strains. Tactics, yeah, different. different so, needs so as well. For example, here you'll have uh, dust a lot, dust yeah, issue definitely. a lot. So it can often get different bacteria rather than if you go to some other countries where you have less kind of you know dust storm or uh, um, those kind of situations. There it could be different bacteria. Here it could be different bacteria. So based on that, you will your rules and regulations will be slightly different from country to country as well. Right, so we, we've discussed the causes and the current situation of antibiotic resistance. But I also want to ask you, like, what are, you know, the consequences of antibiotic-resistant bacterial infections? Well, um, if the trend continues to be as such as of now, it's very difficult. We are we are not too far away from another uh, danger of being infected widely with the uh, different resistant strains of bacteria. Now, this can lead to one diseases to another diseases where it will be difficult to handle when you have more cases at the same time. So when we had this COVID-19, um, in the beginning, it was very difficult to have, you know, people to get hospitalized together. Like, all of a sudden, you will have a high peak of or high numbers, and you will find it very difficult to get the facilities for accommodating all the infected people. Similarly, we, if you don't control or if you don't um, uh, Put the proper regulations in place. Antibiotic resistance is, as ever, it is there uh, as a trend, as a as a threat, and it can it can emerge at any time. And if you allow it to emerge with more infected people, we are not very far away from seeing many casualties or many deaths in near future. What are some ways to combat antibiotic resistance? Can you share? I mean, besides the awareness campaigns that we talked about, can you share some other recommendation with us, maybe at a more individual level? So awareness is one of the main important um, like way to compact the antibiotic resistance. Second one is to make sure that the pharmacists uh, who are dispensing the antibiotics are also aware about the regulations, are also have also got trained to use and to prescribe to the because they are the one which tell the patients that you have to take antibiotics for this many days and this many doses. Mm -hmm. Yes, doc doctors will prescribe um, the, the, in, the, in the prescription, but in the end, it goes to the pharmacist who has a better vision, and they are the one who tells the the patients that you have to take antibiotics for seven days for this many doses for this many times. So it's very important to train pharmacists periodically over the period of time. And, and regulations is another factor. So time to time, committees have to revisit their regulations and make sure that you know antibiotics has been sold against proper prescriptions from the physicians. And research is another factor. We need to do more, invest more on research to develop new antibiotics. I know it's very difficult to develop antibiotics, but we need to concentrate on this area as well later on to counterattacks the resistant strains, especially that we are having uh, when, you, when somebody keeps on using the same antibiotics for a long time. Mm -hmm. So spending on research is also very important. And finally, the one has to you know, take care of themselves. 
not to get infected from the bacterial strains. So this can be easily done as we are doing right now in this world um, by you know washing your hands with uh, soap and keeping yourself away from people who are having uh, you know symptoms or diseases of bacterial infections. So you you keep practicing self uh, you know um, healthcare best healthcare practices so that you are likely less likely to get uh, infected by bacteria so that you don't have to rely on antibiotics. Yeah. So awareness you have, you need to train the pharmacies, you need to spend more on the research, and you have to uh, practice best healthcare practices, including you know wash your hands and keep your keep your environment safe or clean, will help to not getting infected by the bacteria where you have to rely on antibiotics. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, thank you so much for, for the recommendations. Hopefully soon we'll reach that sort of communal awareness and global awareness about this so that we can combat antibiotic resistance, right? And to add that, there are like uh, international conferences, national conferences. Uh, those are happening regularly, um, which uh, highlight the importance of antibiotics. Uh, where the experts in the field will come and share their knowledge and their recent trends in the global antibiotic awareness programs as well as issues. So these are also the places where one can go and um, get knowledge about the current scenario mm -hmm. regarding the antibiotic usage. So we have a lot of efforts in terms of conferences, in terms of discussions, expert um, uh, opinions. Um, uh, we have editorials, we have journals. We have newspaper supplements talking about uh, antibiotics and resistance. And this has to be circulated properly inside the community so that people also will get a chance to read and get their, uh, themselves um, aware about yeah. proper antibiotic usage. Oh, yeah, that, that is great to hear. And maybe even this episode, you know, is going like, to help start raising awareness locally at least. I'm sure, I'm sure. That the efforts like this will definitely improve the community awareness and we are looking forward for a better community. This will happen at least in the near future. We cannot just let the um, uh, antibiotic resistance to grow as it is right now. Um, uh, there should be serious efforts should be made. Otherwise, uh, viral infections, uh, uh, it's not like viral infection. Viral infections, after uh, most of the viral infections we had, we can um, you know, counterattack them in particular period of time. But once you allow the bacteria to develop resistant strain, and if you, if you don't take care of them properly, it, this will be there forever. And this will be serious threat, I would say, as equal as a viral infection. So right. especially these days, over the last three or four years, the world, has, world is focusing on COVID-19. And the mo at the same time, we need to also focus much on bacterial um, resistant strains and to develop new antibiotics, which will help you know, to get this problem permanently forever. Yeah, definitely. That That's the goal, <laughs> inshallah. Well, I'm afraid that's all the time we got for this episode, Dr. Siju, but thank you very much for joining us. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you very much. Thank you. If you would like to know more about the antibiotic resistance issue and more about Dr. Siju's publication, you can find his paper and blog on our website, www.alkasimifoundation.rac.ae. And if you would like to get in touch about what you heard today on the podcast, you can email me directly at luis.r at alkasimifoundation.rac.ae. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next month. Goodbye.